Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Good morning. How many of you know what smizing is? Something invented by the model Tyra Banks. She tells models all the time, you've got to smize. Smizing is smiling with your eyes. And it's a skill that models try to learn so that when they're not smiling with their face, they don't lose all their personality. So I want to see plenty of smizing this morning, okay? You should have had lots of practice by now with all this mask wearing stuff. So remember to smize because I can't see the rest of you. But a little smize goes a long way to encourage what the singers are doing and what I'm doing and the guys up here. So we appreciate that. Good to see you all again. Had some wonderful feedback uh, last week again from someone. We must get Danny to post some of them because it would be good for you to see uh, how what we're doing is affecting different people <clears throat> across the country and across the world. We're pleased about that. Also remember John Band in your thoughts and, and prayers. You know, John Betty's not well, John's wife, and, and John's got a big care responsibility and he's not spring chicken. So please remember John, we do care about him and, and the Millers as well have struggled. Mavis has got bad hips and uh, just remember them in your prayers as we, uh, as we go along. Also, uh, um, hopefully, and I use the word hopefully, with great optimism, at some point, it won't always be like this, okay? Um, so, obviously, when we come out of, of this, in all its varied forms, we have to think about how we move forward as a house again, get back in momentum. So, any of you that have got thoughts, ideas, would like to be involved, think, yeah, I could make a contribution, uh, we'd love you to be getting in touch, getting ready, so that at some point, when we have the freedom to do it, we can move ahead. So, I hope you liked our first video from Rango. Um, if you're wondering why we use so many kids' videos, it's because with the kids staying in, um, it gives them a little something to watch. I hope you understand that. Uh, give some context to it. Um, and also because there's so many of these cartoon videos that have a fantastic message. So, we're, uh, we're glad to be able to use them. And those of you who watch and listen, uh, I hope we can make sense for you, and if not, try and just get a little look at the video clips on the website. I thought I would call today's message, Why Did the Armadillo Cross the Road? Because I'm sure that most of us identify either with the parched chameleon or the squished armadillo. Uh, such is life in our journey and the challenges that we have uh, whether it's thirst or purpose, somehow we identify with those experiences of getting to the other side and finding the right spirit for purpose. Um, one thing I did want to say at the beginning is very important, and that's this, that no man, no woman, no boy, no girl, no person can walk away from their own story. The sad thing is we tend to spend much of our lives trying to walk away from our own story. And we can't do it, and so we waste, we waste hours and years and emotions and feelings and thoughts 
trying to walk away from our own story, when actually the great key is to embrace your own story. It is your story, and like I say, you might feel in that story, you have times like the armadillo crossing the road, or like the parched Rango the comedian, uh, but it's your story, and there are solutions and answers. And uh, that's why I believe we are here. And uh, I wanted to read to you um, a couple of Bible verses from the message this morning that really, for me, sum up why I am doing this and why we hopefully are presenting this on the wider sphere. Here's what it says in Colossians chapter 2, what Paul wrote. Now, he uses the word, my purpose is that they, but I'm going to change the word they to you. And this is my purpose. My purpose is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love. That's why we're doing this. So that you may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. That's our purpose. In whom are hidden all... Now, I hate it when preachers say to the congregation, say all. But I'm going to say to you this morning, say all. Right? In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowing. Now, I've changed the word there because in the actual Bible it says the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The problem is we, we have a distorted understanding of knowledge because to us knowledge is an educated position of acquired information and that's not the purpose of what we're trying to do to bring you to an educated position of acquired information. Knowing is about something much deeper. Knowing goes beyond any acquired information or no acquired information, and it's something that wells up within you, and I want you to have all the treasures of wisdom and knowing. All of that is called enlightenment. So, I have a little question about what we read. Why would Paul deem it helpful to associate mystery with Christ? Doesn't that just add confusion to the conversation to use the word mystery in relationship to Christ. How many of you find that might be a little off-putting because you think, well, if it's a mystery, but, but you see, in the context he's talking about, I think he's de- deliberately trying to steer us away from the assumption that holding certain beliefs and beliefs with certainty give us the right to claim that we can define God. So we have to pull it back from the arena of what I call holding certain beliefs and beliefs with certainty, which we all want to have, because they give us this perceived right to claim that we can define God. But Paul's trying to pull us back to mystery beyond all of that physical restrictive stuff. See, even the model that we've been sold regarding origins has deflected our minds away from a healthy understanding of how all this works and into an unhealthy misunderstanding that robs us of the truth at source. You see, let me illustrate. See, this is how we were sold it. It all started perfect. There's problem number one. That is an unhealthy misunderstanding of the origin and source of all that we're involved with. You see, if you start with perfect, there's only one way things can go. So the Bible story, the God story, the Christ story, the you story doesn't start with perfect. 
But you see, we were told by the belief of religion, it all starts with perfect. And so there's only one way things can go. And be sure that's how it's been taught. So you have, if you start with perfection, then you have man or us, and you have the fall. That's how it's taught. Perfection, us, fall. Because there's only one way it can go. But you see, even in the beginning of the wisdom of biblical understanding, it talks about what God made, he saw, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was very good. Because you see, if perfection equals us equals fall, then God equals us equals grow. So perfection, us, fall, or good, us, grow. So the trajectory completely changes when you get away from the unhealthy misunderstanding of the source. So, so we were given an idealistic interpretation of origin rather than a realistic one that speaks to and mirrors the true journey of life. We only start with good. That's where we are. But I want you to know it is good and you are good. And if you start there, you think, okay, so good, me, grow, right? Rather than perfect, me, fall. See, it implied that we were destroyers of rather than co-creators with. So if you get the wrong origin, the wrong source, the wrong flow, it implies to you that you are a destroyer of. All that thing, Jesus died and it's your fault. You're all sinners. God doesn't really like you, but he'll kill his son just so that he can stop himself being mad at you to just like you enough to take you to heaven and not send you to hell for all eternity. But if you don't pray the right words or believe the right things, then you're damned. See, we are not destroyers of. You are co-creators with. And that's what we're trying to rediscover in what Paul was talking about when he says, my purpose is. So, if we follow that story through, that origin implies you are the problem and the problem must be fixed. And that's how Jesus was presented to me. That's how Jesus was presented to many of you. That's how I presented Jesus to many of you for many years. You are the problem, and the problem must be fixed. Rather than you are the resource, and the resource must be engaged. Isn't it interesting that the word resource has the word source in it, which says that to be a resource is a connection with the source, which means that you become a co-creator of everything that the source releases. That's who you are. And the most important part of any flow is the source. The place from which it all comes. That's where Christ becomes the essential understanding of what I now believe. Christ is the outpouring of God. Therefore, if you get the source, you get the outpouring. If you get the outpouring, you get in the flow. If you get in the flow, you become a co-creator. Not a destroyer of, but a co-creator with. 
But I fear that we created a Jesus cult rather than a Christ consciousness. When beliefs become our master rather than our servant, we use them as the solid objects, bricks and stones from which we build swimming pools and dams. One facilitates containment, the other interferes with the flow of the river. Both are a problem to flow. They prevent flow. Belief creates dams. Faith engages flow. We then filter the water in the pool through static beliefs and moralism and chlorinate it with legalism and dogma, preventing anyone who enters from being infected by what the river would impart, and we leave people permanently reliant on a life jacket rather than teaching them to swim. That's church. That's religion. And I was guilty of that for many years. Now, it's comforting, but wrong. We create a Jesus and pastors who are lifeguards rather than river guides. The great thing about the revelation of the Christ is that it leads us to a new way of seeing everything. That means a new way of seeing your story. That's why I'm so passionate about getting you to the other side and to the place of flow. I hope you're not feeling like Rango, who said, your delusional quest just ruined my life. Now, I know that there are people who are thinking that about me right now. I know that there are people who've been part of this church, this house, this community are thinking that about me right now. And that's okay. I have to take that on the chin. But I hope you're not feeling like Rango. Your delusional quest just ruined my life. I had an incredibly complex social network going. Highly sophisticated friends. And I would put in and I loved my time at the pool. That's got to change. Right, so a second movie. If you want to watch them, the first one is Rango, which is hilarious. Uh, quest for water. And uh, the second one is Frozen 2. Which, uh, yeah, go and have a look at them. They're, they're great. You know, the, the animation is for kids and the dialogue's for parents. You do understand that about all these movies, don't you? Kids haven't got a clue what's been going on with the dialogue. That's designed for you, so you'll take your kids to the pictures to watch the film. And all, all, the, all the cartoon movies are like that, which is why we love them so much, because it's deliberately designed, but they can also get away with things they wouldn't get away with if it was trying, kind of an adult movie. Uh, which I love, but, but I think, you know, what I drew from this, listening to this, is that I believe that there's a voice calling every one of us. You know, Elsa in there, she, she hears a voice calling her. I don't believe that that is a unique thing. I think some of us are better geared because of our makeup to be aware of that voice, and that's why some of us become leaders within what the voice might be saying, uh, simply because probably for some reason there is more of a clarity to be able to convey what it's saying. But every one of us, every single one of us, there is a voice calling us. Now, you might hear it through many means. I don't know how you might hear it. You know, the, the crazy thing that it can come through a song, it can come through a moment, it can come through a meeting, it can come through an experience, it can come through a memory, you know, it, it can come through a Bible reading or not. 
It can come through whatever, but, but somehow if you just be aware, there is always a voice calling to us. Now, you can always talk to us about what you think might be happening in your life, but I guarantee there is always a voice calling every one of us. Now, of course, again, we're into the arena where many people would say, you can't play that in church. Because she talks about, she said, I woke the magical spirits at the enchanted forest. And I know it sounds crazy, but I believe whoever is calling me is God. I'm not frightened of that stuff. Do you know, um, if you really understand the, the, the thrust of biblical writing... It's really to get through to us that everything is spiritual, right? What we got into is something called dualism, which was inherited from the Greeks and from Greek mythology, which divides everything to right and wrong, spiritual and carnal. But you see, Paul teaches us to bring us back in that mystery to say everything is spiritual and we can glean and we can draw and the source will flow to us when we have a willingness to do that. See... See, actually, if we're honest, there's a desire in all of us to waken the magic spirits of the enchanted forest. You just don't call it that. See, and we get so highfalutin in our religious purity, you just don't call it that. But every one of us has a desire to waken the magic spirits of the enchanted forest. We first of all are really hoping there are magic spirits. And secondly, we really, really wish there was an enchanted forest. Well, let me tell you, not in those terms, but in other terms, I can guarantee to you that there are magic spirits and there is an enchanted forest. We might call him Holy Spirit. Might call him the Spirit of Christ. And the enchanted forest, the source of all things, the source of life. But every one of us in here has a desire to waken the magic spirits in the enchanted forest. And you know that I'm right. See, we, we just wouldn't like to call it what Elsa calls it. Elsa calls it the fifth spirit because she's talking about wind, water, fire, and earth in, in the pagan context. We don't call it a fifth spirit, but the principle is this. It's a bridge between the magic of nature and us, is what Elsa says. A bridge between the magic of nature, a fifth spirit that is a bridge between the magic of nature and us. What is the whole essence of the message of Christ? It's the bridge between the magic of nature and us. We call it different words. We might call it creation. We might call it God. We might call it creation, the creator, the source of all things. But it's the same principle that it's a bridge between the magic of nature and us. I want you to find that because I believe that is what the Christ is. A bridge between the magic of nature and us. A bridge between the miraculous... And the natural. I'd love to talk here about finding the thin place, but we might, might get onto that possibly next week. Stuff gets shunted further ahead that we thought we might talk about. Ask Chris about that. See, I, I believe that Jesus Christ is that. He is that bridge between the magic of nature and us. That, that he is the amalgam of matter and spirit put together in one place. That the whole essence of understanding Jesus 
is not as the lifeguard that jumps into the swimming pool to pull you out because you were drowning. The whole essence of Jesus is that he is the amalgam of matter and spirit put together in one flesh. What the Bible calls word made flesh. When spirit and flesh come together, you get Jesus. You get the manifestation of something that really is the magic of nature and us joined together. We call it human. And that's not something to despise, that's something to embrace. It's a gift. See, once we grasp that, we realize that our great asset is when spirit meets flesh. That's our great asset. Remember we said, Jesus is the code breaker who brings us back into the mystery that's the role of Jesus, the code breaker. When you look at his life, you understand his message. It brings you back into the mystery. And so we can rightly call him Savior, but probably I would call him Savior for a slightly different reason to the one I would have done many years ago. Here's Paul writing again in Colossians 2 verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. There's the magic coming together here. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. See, the whole, the whole picture of Jesus is the reality of what happens when matter and spirit flow together in human flesh. Now, the clip that we saw talks about a created wrong that needed writing, that had resulted in the creation of a dam, denying people of a flow that they should have access to. If there is a wrong, we want to recognize it and right it. In the movie clip, the distortion of truth led to the annexing of the flow of the river and the dam was built. In this movie clip called Life, and our progression from the wrong root of thinking we were the problem, right? thinking we were the problem rather than co-creators, that distortion of truth led to the annexing of the flow of the river and we institutionalized it, turned it into something that was then held behind a dam. We built a dam with our religion. And later in the movie, the water became a glacier, a frozen river. And you want to tell me that the state of that journey has not become a frozen river. That was until some brave soul was willing to risk changing it. And I'm hoping there's some brave souls in here this morning. So then, how far are you willing to go in the acknowledgement of truth and the restoration of what will flow as a result of it? So it's quite easy for all of us, and I'm sure there's not a single one of us that would not say that we want to be a participator in the acknowledgement of truth. But we don't so much like the second part, which is how far are you willing to go in the acknowledgement of truth and the restoration of what will flow as a result of it. Question is, are you willing to be a dam buster? I'd love to hear some swords clattering against shields. Isn't that great when they catch it? 
The swords start clattering against the shields because it's like they were in on the deception, they were in on the misinformation, but now they caught it and there is a willingness to bang the shields. What banging the shields meant was that the creatures who had the rocks were going to smash the dam and then you're going to have to deal with the consequence of the dam being smashed and that's the bit that we all struggle with why we'd much rather be in a swimming pool than a river see destroying the dam means smashing some long-held beliefs and what was said on there is right Right at the beginning in, in the Rango clip was that the path of knowing is fraught with consequences. I'm trying to get through to you to see that we all say that we want to know, we want to be in the know, we want knowing, but actually we always pull back because the path to knowing is fraught with consequences. Now, consequences frightens us because we think the only, the only explanation for consequences is bad. That's because you started at the wrong place. Perfection, yeah. us, fall. But if you start at good, us, grow, then consequences takes on an entirely different perspective. Rango says... I'm just looking for the path to water. <laughs> Don't you be bothering me with none of that crossing the road, purpose, consequence stuff. I'm, I'm just looking for the path to water, says Rango. But you see, remember that you, you cannot change your story. Your story is your story. What did we say at the beginning? No man can walk away from his own story. The other statement there, but if you break it... What will be washed away? That's the other challenge we face. If you break the dam that's been built from the bricks of our belief that we did not want to let go, that have now stopped the flow and kept it in a controlled environment behind the dam, break it and what will be washed away? Scary. But for restoration, the river must flow. But it may destroy some things. This is the great battle I have at Q, at my age, and in my journey, is I know that for restoration, the river must flow, but it may destroy some things. I know that. I'm not naive, but we need to share that understanding together because it was necessary to free the city, to free the people in this story. But what, what it does is restore an order in which full life, all life, thrives. How many of you know there's no life sustained in the swimming pool except the swimmers? See, we, 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 we filter it with our morality. We chlorinate it with our legalism. And so only the swimmers live but there's no life to the world or to the people or even to us for that matter. And that's the made free experience I'm wanting you to get of knowing the truth. Here's, here's what is recorded that Jesus said, and you will know the truth, there's the knowing, and the truth will make you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. There's also a distortion I've experienced in that my whole life. 
the majority of people that I know who've grown up in the environment I've grown up misquote that statement by saying you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But actually the Greek word is make, which means to forcibly impose upon. When you actually come into this river of knowing, freedom is forcibly imposed upon you. Though that doesn't mean that you become bondage or somebody without your permission. What it means is that you cannot stop the flow of freedom once you step into this place of knowing. So how do you know if you've come to the place of knowing? Because you can't stop the flow of freedom. That's the measure. So I'm looking for that place in every area of my life. Another thing I need to say about this is rivers will drive you round the bend. And that's also why we don't like the flow. Rivers will drive you round the bend often, and I'm familiar with that experience, but the river's necessary. See, I don't think Jesus ever got to watch Rango or Frozen 2. I'm assuming that. I may be wrong. I don't know how deity and divinity work in the context of watching movies or how one passes one's time in whatever place one calls heaven. Uh, I have no idea whether there's Netflix and Apple TV and whatever. I don't know. I mean, eternity is a long time if you think about eternity. So, you know, most of you have struggled with the lockdown for a year. So what do we do with eternity? I don't know. But I don't think Jesus ever got to watch Rango or Frozen 2. And yet he ties together the two analogies of our talk today in his great declaration when he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. That's Rango. That's the story of Rango. And he who believes in me, now you said, yeah, but what about what we said about belief? Well, the Greek word there is pistios, which has got nothing to do with drinking too much. Okay? Pistios. Pistios is the belief of faith. It's not, like, it's not like the acquiring of information to take a state position. It's the belief of faith, which is Christ consciousness. Whoever has Christ consciousness, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. See? Even Jesus agreed with what we're doing today using Rango and Frozen 2 together to illustrate about thirst and about the flow. See, we were not designed to be destroyers of. That's the belief-feeding message of a distorted narrative. We were designed to be co-creators with. That's the faith-inspiring message of truth. And you have a powerful role within this that is revolutionizing and transformative if you will catch that spirit of the Christ in you and let it flow and have faith over belief. That flow will turn you into the understanding that you are a co-creator with Christ. That's the consciousness that's present through true enlightenment. And so I want to read you a few verses from the message version of the Bible just to finish off my talk today. It's in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 20. This is what it says. So then, if with Christ you've put all that pretentious and infantile religion behind you, why do you let yourself be bullied by it? Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't go near this. Do you think things that are here today and gone tomorrow are worth that kind of attention? 
Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice. They even give the illusion of being pious and humble and ascetic, but they're just another way of showing off, making yourself look important. And so I flip it back to verse 2 where he says, I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God, then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowing are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. I pray you'll come into the flow today. The dam will break. You get out of the swimming pool and you will experience the fullness of the river that will bring you to that place of completeness because you've begun from good us grow. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash Q Church York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.